Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting, they can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So, press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2150. 10, 3, 2, 1, 0. Five numbers to remember for lulling yourself into a deep, restorative slumber without fancy biohacks or supplements. Part 2 by Hilka Reitzma with bengreenfieldfitness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free, always with permission from the sites and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Now remember, today's post is part two from yesterday. So if you're new here or skipping around, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. That was episode 2149. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. 10, 3, 2, 1, 0. Five numbers to remember for lulling yourself into a deep, restorative slumber without fancy biohacks or supplements. Part two by Hilka Reitzma with bengreenfieldfitness.com. Two, the hours prior to sleep in which you will not work. While caffeine and food consumption and how they relate to sleep can be objectively studied, work is a bit more nuanced and harder to measure. Especially with smartphone technology being a fingertip away, it's not uncommon for many people to scroll through their emails late at night to inevitably find something on fire at the office needing their immediate attention. Before diving into the problems and solutions for pre-bed work-related tasks, it's important to highlight some other common problems pertaining to sleep and your job. First, fighting against your circadian clock is never a good idea. Night shift workers, for example, can suffer from attention deficits, fatigue, and sleep disorders more frequently. Additionally, working long hours or having multiple jobs can also jeopardize sleep, which is alarming considering the fact that over 10% of Americans work more than one job per week. Whatever your work situation may be, the following tips are beneficial for just about anyone 
and you can do them straight away to minimize the harmful effects work can have on your sleep. Turn off notifications on your phone. Put your phone into airplane mode late at night. Separate work and personal email as much as possible. Set a time to step away from your work every day. The main factor related to wakefulness after work seems to be psychological stimulation. Sleep problems arise mostly from dysfunctional cognitions, automatic arousal, and consequential distress. Therefore, mind-body interventions such as meditation, mindfulness, tai chi, and yoga have been shown through objective parameters such as polysomnography or sleep studies to be effective in mitigating worry and rumination. In other words, the bedroom should be a place of safety. One, the hours prior to sleep in which you will not be exposed to screens. Even though the prevalence of screens everywhere is somewhat of a recent phenomenon, arriving notably later than food and work, there's no shortage of evidence supporting the benefits of limiting your screen time and avoiding screens before bed, in my opinion, is the most important component of the 103210 sleep rule. More active types of screen time, such as that on a computer or mobile phone, have a heightened negative effect when compared to more passive engagement, such as watching a rom-com. The various mechanisms related to screen time that affect sleep can be subdivided into three different categories. Active psychological stimulation, like violent video games, can cause increases in heart rate. Most streaming services are set up in such a way to keep you hooked and engage in binge-watching. Screens emit light, which can affect your biology. Melatonin levels are suppressed, and your circadian rhythms can be completely delayed, totally disrupting your sleep architecture. You can learn about all of this in Ben's article, Sunlight Makes You Skinny and Blue Light Makes You Fat. 11 Ways to Biohack Light to Optimize Your Body and Brain. The good news is that there is concrete evidence that the emission of short wavelengths can be filtered out by means of blue light blocking glasses. Blue light radiation is a physiological stress factor that is frequently underestimated. Mitochondria are abundant in the retina, and blue light is easily absorbed due to its short wavelength and strong penetration capacity. The delicate balance of the mitochondria of oxidant and antioxidant systems is easily disturbed. This makes the retina highly prone to oxidative stress emitted through blue light exposure. The inner segment of the eye has a very high oxygen concentration, which can cause oxidative stress and reactive oxygen species in the outer areas of the retina. This can lead to photoreceptor damage or even photoreceptor death. Zero the number of times you hit the snooze button. Most often, the sleep cycle you're in just before waking is the restorative REM stage. When you hit the mighty tempting snooze button, you return to sleep, but you've now downgraded your sleep to a lighter, less beneficial stage. In other words, you're depriving yourself of quality sleep by hitting the snooze button. No matter how good falling back asleep feels, that post-snooze sleep isn't doing you any favors. So if you find yourself snoozing every morning, try setting your alarm closer to whatever time you wake up after snoozing. The strength of a morning routine should not be underestimated, and making the decision not to snooze and sticking to it could be regarded as the first small victory of the day, setting you up for your most optimal day. This could eventually allow you to wake up without an alarm clock, in your natural rhythm, and not be disrupted in the middle of your sleep cycle by a blaring alarm. 
With that said, there are studies that support a positive relationship between snoozing, dream recollection, and lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming typically occurs in a hybrid state between sleep and wakefulness. The frontal cortex is highly activated during REM sleep, and this cortical activation is associated with clear visual images and longer word length in dreams. Summary. While there is logic to be found in each of the 10, 3, 2, 1, 0 sleep rule steps, based on the research, it should serve more as a guideline rather than a strict framework. So here are a few key takeaways. Caffeine will affect most people if consumed less than six hours prior to sleep or even 12 hours prior to sleep. On top of being mindful of caffeine timing, full-day abstinence once every 14 days is something that should be considered for most people. Ben Greenfield advocates for a seven up to 12-day break once every one to two months. Caffeine susceptibility is highly variable per individual and age group. Limiting food intake close to bedtime can assist in fat oxidation and increased slow-wave sleep. More research is required to determine the optimal cutoff time. Psychologically stimulating work, which is nearly all work, should be stopped two hours before sleep. To offset any ruminations late at night, mindfulness meditation can be considered. Screen-emitting lights have been shown to negatively affect sleep. The data that support this notion are overwhelming. So if you take one thing from the 10-3-2-1-0 sleep rule, cutting down pre-bed screen time would be my suggestion. Finally, be deliberate with how you wake up. If you are looking to be productive, skip the snooze button. If you want to explore your dreams, be flexible and allow yourself a drowsy wake up. You just listened to part two of the post titled 10-3-2-1-0. Five numbers to remember for lulling yourself into a deep, restorative slumber without fancy biohacks or supplements by Hilka Reitzma with bengreenfieldfitness.com. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. When I teach my stress management class, I make sure I spend some time discussing sleep quality with my students. This is because poor sleep quality and feelings of stress are very closely linked. When we don't get a good night's sleep, it can make us feel less functional the next day, which may affect our performance at work or school, and it may affect how we respond to family and friends, like our patients' levels, which may mean we start feeling more stress, which then may affect our sleep quality again the following night, and the cycle continues. So, I share with them some simple, science-backed strategies to help them get a better night's sleep. You wanna know what that list includes? Well, if you listen to both parts one and two of Hilka's posts, then you've basically heard the same advice I give to my students. Turn off screens at least two hours before bed. Don't hit the snooze button. Spend time practicing mindfulness or stress management techniques and so on. Except I never included this genius in Hilka's post, which he also credits to Craig Ballantyne, where we can easily remember these ways to improve your sleep. 10, 3, 2, 1, 0. So simple, I just wish I had thought of that. But something that I struggled with until recently was checking my phone notifications before I went to bed. I wanted to be sure I didn't miss an emergency email from a colleague or from one of my students. But instead of seeing these types of emails, I would encounter less urgent emails, ones that I just couldn't help but open. 
And since I opened that one, I may as well clear my inbox and read the other new emails I'd received in the last hour. You know, that way my inbox would have no new messages first thing in the morning. Yeah, like that ever happened. When I finally put my phone away and eventually got to sleep, I found I would start dreaming about work. And these weren't relaxing dreams either. These were dreams based on maybe an email I received. And plus, when are dreams about work ever relaxing? So checking my email soon before bed was negatively affecting my quality of sleep. After this realization, I turned off email notifications on my phone. And I've realized I've started sleeping better again. No more work-related dreams. And like I talk about on this show all the time, one small change can make all the difference. So which one are you going to try? All right, that'll do it from me for today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. And I'll be back in a moment with our usual Sunday bonus episode. So I'll see you in just a second where your optimal life awaits.